Welcome to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran, a ministry of Worship Generation Church in Fountain Valley, California. For more information, please visit us at www.worshipgeneration.com. Now let's join Pastor Joey as we study through the Bible. So let's keep our hearts aligned with the physical law so we get the blessings and the spiritual law so we get the blessing. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And no matter how many Amalekites, Edomites, Moabites, Syrians collaborate together and conspire together and rage against the kingdom, he's on the throne and he's coming in glory. And there's not one thing planet Earth and the powers of hell can do to stop it. And until then, we're his people and we represent him. We're citizens of, citizens of heaven, and we're ambassadors of the kingdom. So let's just do what the, what the king's told us to do. Because he says, who is that faithful servant who his master finds when he so returns? And may we be that servant. So just keep he is God over everything and, and block out the noise. Jennifer even commented recently, like, you're just not upset about anything right now. And then we used to say, well, I don't watch the news. But you know what? I can watch the news. It doesn't even upset me. I'm like, wow, what happened in the 61st year of my life? This stuff just does not, it doesn't push my buttons. It's, I, I, don't, I don't have to say, like, I got a double portion going or something. But, like, I'm like, I still believe all the same things. I still, that grieves me and that quenches me. This blesses me. This gives me joy. I just, it just, I don't let it, I don't let it come here. I don't let it come in here. It just doesn't bother me. We're still fighting the good fight. We're still keeping the faith. We're having done all the standby. It's just like, I, when you get older, you just don't have time. I don't have time that things I have no control over come into my headspace and rob me of the joy of the Lord and what he's called me to do today. I just don't have time for it. And if I've got a good battle, I'll know when it lands in my face. Because I'm going forward with the Lord, and so are you. So if there's going to be a big battle, if the Moabites show up, hey, Lord, the Moabites are at the door. Help Jesus. It was Greg Laurie used to say, you know, when the devil shows up at the door, just call Jesus, tell him someone's come to see him. Jesus is for you. <laughs> it's true. So that right perspective, we need to purpose in our heart right now, know that, that God is in control of all things, his church, your life. You are God. Second thing, your words are true. Oh, of course they are. God is light in him is no darkness at all. In you is truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The word of God is the embodiment of truth. It's absolute truth. A popular term in business these days is the term pivot. You know, it's that idea like you're trying to do this and you realize it's not working, so you gotta, you got to pivot like in dance and you get like a dance pivot. You know, like you're like this and you got to pivot this way. So you pivot. The whole world's pivoting. <laughs> God's not pivoting. He's, he's, he's rock solid where he's at with his truth. The truth has not changed and will never change. God is light, and him is no darkness at all. So let God be true, and every man a liar. The truth from Genesis to Revelation does not change. It is established, and it won't be moved by men and women who rage and war against God. So people can move the ancient boundaries. People can do this. People can go, la, la, la. They can scream the whatever they want. 
But the truth is the truth. And I've shared this before with my son, Luke, who's an excellent debater. Because he, he doesn't get emotional. There's something about it. Like I've said before, he just does not get emotional. But he said something to me a couple of years ago where he said, Dad, the truth is the truth. It doesn't change. And you don't need to get worked up to defend it. Because I'm like, Luke, how do you not get worked up when you're going at it with people? And he goes, why would I? It's the truth. The truth is the truth. It's going to do what it does. It doesn't become any more truthful because I get worked up or any less truthful because I get flustered. The truth is the truth. It guides, God's truth is over his universe. His truth on origin, gender, marriage, purpose, the kingdom, it doesn't change. The truth doesn't change. There's no pivoting with the king. He's coming, and his truth is absolute. And the church has been built on 2,000 years of absolute truth. And where the church believes the truth, looks to the truth, and is governed by the truth, the truth is very fruitful and prosperous for individuals, for local churches, and movements. The truth will set you free. And so we present the truth. And if people are against the truth in the person of Christ and the truth of the Word of God as it pertains to morality and absolute truth and right and wrong, what are you going to do? You'd think, that, you'd think that we think we're the first generation that people rage against the truth. You would think sometimes the way the church acts in 2022 that we've never seen people not receive the truth or be against the truth or try and twist the truth. Satan twisted the truth to Jesus in his temptation in the wilderness. Oh, it's written of you. Listen, Satan's so bold, he twists scriptures out of context when tempting Jesus. Of course he twists the truth. That's why we need to know the truth and stand on the truth. The word is truth, and it's a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. If we purpose to believe God's word in its entirety, we're never going to get lost in the woods. We're going to always have our compass. The world's lost because they don't have a compass. And a lot of churches are lost because they decided that God's compass isn't their compass. Just make sure it's yours. For your personal character and your moral decisions, for your marriage, for governance of your house and your heart and your home. Just put that truth over everything in your lives, in our lives, over this church. And the word is, all scripture is given by God and profitable for instruction, doctrine, training. It's the truth. And God would even say time and time again in the Old Testament, thus says the Lord at least 3,000 times, but he, he says, put me to the test. I tell you things that are going to happen before they happen. And that's how you know I tell the truth. And that's what he does. And you hear so many people talking about, from a church perspective, that we see going on in our world. It's like, oh, this is what the Bible said would happen. Right. So why are we surprised? Our faith should be even stronger. Our faith should be even stronger that we see things happening that would reflect prophetic truths about the world before Christ returns. And we see things happening that would say Christ could come tonight, but he could always come tonight. That's what he said. Watch and be ready. But as we have a further understanding of events now versus like 40 years ago when Pastor Chuck after Yom Kippur said the Lord's probably coming back soon, 73, how much more do we have now? What is going on around us is just evidence of God's truth already spoken in his word of what things will be like in the last days. It shouldn't get us unsettled and upset it should put even more peace in our hearts to keep doing the right thing and stay on track and, and not be moved. 
and to pray with greater fervency and to n- not get pulled out of our lane, to not, to not get out of our space. There's a great clip from Kobe Bryant's career years ago. There's a, a top defender, I think it's for the San Antonio Spurs, and his whole job for in the NBA playoffs for as many games as the Spurs played the Lakers was to get under Kobe's skin to get in his face and get him off his game because Kobe Bryant, of course, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And there was, there was a time when he was like in Kobe's face and doing all this stuff and Kobe just like, he was unflinching. He was unflinching. And it, it, I just always remember that like, when Kobe in his prime, it's just like he didn't, he didn't take the bait. And so often in sports, like the red card in soccer goes to the person who retaliates for what happened in the foul before. Or in football, you know, the personal foul and the ejection comes after what happened before that. And the world, the flesh, and the devil are always like late hitting us, cheap shotting us, throwing an elbow in the scrum, whatever. And it's like, we just, have to, we just have to keep our composure. We need to keep our composure and know that the truth is the truth. We're going to stand on the truth and, and, not, and not be moved. Our confidence is that the Lord's in control, it's his universe, and his truth isn't going to change. We don't, need, we don't need to be standing and living and believing the truth and think like, well, I wonder if it's going to change tomorrow. See, people that follow the latest trends or every wind of doctrine that men come up with, they have to ask themselves, well, where's it going? It's fluid, right? We're just like, boom. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All the ground, the sinking sand. There's a firm foundation. You think the God of Mount Sinai with the burning mountain... <laughs> is playing games with his word? He's going to have the final say. Truth is truth. So we don't need to get worked up because people reject it or we feel like we need to defend it. We just need to live it and be it. We need to stand on it and let it transform us and live it and be it and demonstrate it. Which brings us to this third point. He says, you have promised this goodness to your servant. Okay, so you are God. God's in control. His word is truth. That's our standard. And then this goodness, everything God wants to do, this is true. Everything God wants to do for humanity is good. We need to think about that when humanity is at war with God. Everything God wants to do for humanity is good. In Ezekiel, he said, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but I take pleasure that they repent. I'm repulsed by death. I've said this before. Sometimes, like, you know, I I hate it, but on Instagram, somehow I get these feeds where I see, like, an animal killing another animal. I just hate that. I just hate to see anything that's death. I don't like to see a lizard eating a cricket. I I just don't like death. I don't like it at all. At all. God's not into death. So I'm quite certain God doesn't like to see an alligator eating a gazelle either. I, I just, I, that's not the heart of God. God is life. When he creates a new heaven and earth, there's no more tears and sorrows. It's all life. The cobra's bite doesn't kill. The lion doesn't attack. And if there's T-Rexes, you can pet them. God is good. And in him, there's no darkness at all. And we need to be reminded tonight that everything he wants to do for the human race and planet Earth, prophetically spoken before Christ came and demonstrated on the cross and the empty tomb, is good. So we, need to, we don't need to wake up with some fear that God's out to get us and he wants to ruin us. And even though I've done something foolish, like he causes things to work together for good. 
So learn from mistakes. Keep loving God and know that he wants to do good. We can trust the Lord. People have a hard time trusting the goodness of the Lord. People in the world think that God's so often that God's against them. And there's people that represent Christ that would make those people really think God's against them. But God is good. And what he wants to do in the world's life is good. Whatever sins and failures would mar someone's life, what he wants to do is good. I saw someone we've been praying for in this church. You, you, you would know from the prayer request, but I saw them randomly yesterday at the beach. It was a divine appointment. <clears throat> They're homeless. And they, 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 they gave me a fist pump randomly. Like, oh, you're Joey Brand. And so we started talking. And they started saying all this negative stuff. And I go, I don't want to hear it. And he goes, you want to talk about the OP Pro? Sure, let's talk about the OP Pro. The year of the ride. Oh, yeah, the ride. I bonk these guys. You know, like, but I'm not going to let you badmouth someone in our church. I just have no time for it. But as I looked at this man, having prayed for this man, and knowing we've prayed for this man, I just saw his humanity. And I saw all the potential of what God still wanted to do. And of course, I thought of my sister, who was once homeless and is thriving with the Lord. And my wife said, well, was he like, how was he? Was he like there or not? I'm like, no, he was there. He had that little homeless edge you get when you're homeless, but he was all there. And he was dropping scripture, talking about Brian Broderson. Like, yeah. Like he, I was like, but I looked at this man, I thought, like, God is good. Everything God wants to do in this guy's life is good. So why are you doing this? Why are you blaming people that love you? Why are you blaming God and living in the 86 OP Pro, beating people up? I was running for my life. You're pounding people <laughs> in the riot of 86. All I was like, I think when I looked at this man, is God is good. And God wants to do good in his life. And so I was smiling and encouraging and spoke words of life and, and spoke blessings over his life, actually. Because God is good. He's for that man. And he's alive, and that man can turn it around like my sister turned it around. God is good. And the people that frustrate you, you need to know God is good toward them. And when you think that maybe God's against you because you're going through trials and tribulations, testings, and even tragedies, we just need to know that God is good. And like the book of James says concerning Job, we know that the end that the Lord intended for him was good. And there are things that frustrate us. Where we feel like, Lord, really? But we just need to know that God is good. And if something that can so profoundly frustrate us in time, space, and matter, we just have to remember, it may not seem good in our entire journey of life, but as soon as we cross dimensions, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's all going to work out for good. It's going to be good. It's going to be okay. We don't ever want to wake up any day in our human experience thinking that God is not good. And unfortunately, a lot of people in the world think that. They think, well, because the devil takes that which is good and make it look bad. He takes that which is bad and makes it look good because he's the father of lies. But we who know Christ know that God is good and we need to show the world under whatever circumstances we have, however scarred and marred that world is as we come in contact with the world, we need to bring to that world the testimony, the example, the attitude, the disposition, and the faith that we believe God is good. And we trust him, and you can trust him too. God is good, and he's a blessing God. Which brings us to a fourth point tonight, which is fairly unusual for me, but I do have a fourth point, is where at the end of all this, David says, for you, O Lord God, have spoken it, and with your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. Now, so before David moves on from this prayer, (laughs) 
It's like, again, we talked about Jacob a couple weeks ago, where Jacob, when he wrestled with the Lord all night, and he's like, the Lord's like, I got to go now. He's like, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Like, I'm not letting go until you bless me. And in this prayer, David's like, you got like, your blessing, with your blessing, let the house of your servant be blessed forever. Isn't that a wonderful thought for you in your house, where you live, the people you love? Because Joshua would say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, right? The famous passage from Joshua. And if we can say like Joshua, woman or man, young or old, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We, we might as well just say, let the blessings of the Lord be upon this house. Let his provision, his protection, his power, his calling be upon us. In fact, earlier on, when God spoke about David earlier in the chapter when he said to Nathan, you told David, I took you from the sheepfold, from falling the sheep to be ruler over my people Israel, and I've been with you wherever you went and gone. I've cut down all your enemies, and I've made you a great name. That's like, this could have been a whole other Bible study, but it's like, I called you, I put you over my people, I protected you, I've been with you wherever you've gone, my presence, I've cut off your enemies, I've been your power, I've had your back, and I've made you a great name. I've made you famous in all the earth. Our God's a blessing God. And we want to have all those blessings. And all the blessings are in Jesus Christ. They're in the cross. They're in the empty tomb. They're in the sanctified life. They're in the power of the Holy Spirit upon our life. All of the blessings we're going to have, and I really went to this on detail on Tuesday night, all the blessings of God that he has for our life are first and foremost in our person and in our inner woman, in our inner man, to make us more like Jesus. The greatest blessing you and I can have is to wake up more like Jesus tomorrow than we were today. Because that woman, that man, they have more peace. They have more faith. They have more joy. Because Jesus said, I spoke these things that your joy would be full. My peace I give you now as the world gives. That person is so heavenly minded. As, as you become more like Jesus, and there's more of the Holy Spirit working in our life, we, we are going to take on the person of Jesus. It's the best version of you. It's the upgrade for 2022. And that is the greatest blessing. When you can look in the mirror and not be, be hindered by guilt and failure of the past and frustration of the present and fear of the future. Like, he keeps him in perfect peace, her in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed upon thee because they trust in thee. Faith and fear, you're going to have faith. Despair or hope, you're going to have hope. Humility or pride, you're going to have humility. Joy or anger, you're going to have joy as a disposition yeah, there's things that will frustrate you, things that, you know, that can push our buttons, but the overall disposition of who we are is we're going to have faith because of the promises of God and we're more like Jesus. And that's, that's how we want to step into eternity, young or old. Think how many people step into eternity, won't even mention non-believers. Let's talk about people who confess Christ, who never really grow who never really are fruitful, who never really have faith, but they live in fear, who never really see the best in the opportunity, but see only what can go wrong. Someone who's not even a believer posted the other day, I saw this, they, they quote, it's this quote, what if I fail? And then the other the response was, but what if you succeed? And it was kind of like, if, what if I attempt to fly and I fall? Yeah, but what if you do fly? You see the difference between faith and fear? I just don't have time for it. And I don't think you do either. We only have so many days. Danny was praying about the sands of the, the earth. His thoughts were more than the sands of the sea. And 
We're also told in Psalm 139 that days are fashioned for us before we lived them. So our days like an hourglass. Here's my hourglass, 61 years in the bottom. The top, I don't know. It's like this, you can't see it. Ooh, Joey's hourglass. You see the bottom, 61 years, your hourglass. You can't see the top. Now, the, the younger people are like, what's an hourglass? Okay, so growing up in the 60s, your mom probably had an hourglass. We had a three-minute hourglass for soft-boiled eggs. So when the eggs started to boil, mom was like, it's three minutes, and then the eggs came out. So I have a very powerful visual growing up in the 60s with my mom's hourglass, a three-minute hourglass. When I was being disciplined to sit for 15 minutes, five times. <laughs> yeah, just like, just, ah, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I was that kid in kindergarten. You're just glad you didn't have me. Um, and the nuns were spared, as my mom said. But the hourglass is flipped, and like right now you can see the bottom, but we can't see the top. Just honestly, in the 61st year of my life, I can just say, I do not have time to overthink things, double-clutch things, and live in fear, anxiety, and stress over things I have no control over. I don't feel like I've arrived at anything. I just know that I'm, like, I'm going towards something. So we really want to go our way tonight realizing that, that God's plans, you know, he's promised things. And the blessings are there, and we need to receive the blessings in Christ, his person, that work of the Spirit. We need to believe the blessings. We need to live the blessings. And as we do, the inner woman that we are, the inner man that we are, we're going to have peace. We have more peace. We have more joy. We're definitely going to have more love. And, and we just know that we're going to be able to d- d- discern right and wrong. And we're going to want justice for good things. I want justice for good things for all the injustices on our planet. I do. I want, I want justice for good things. But there's a danger to think that somehow it's all on me. It's like building the temple again. It's not all on me. What's on me is to be transformed from glory to glory as in a mirror. And the sphere of influence God gives me, that's on me. To love my wife, to direct my children to things of the Lord, my grandchildren, that, that's on me. And I can pray for all these other things, having done all, pray, obey the scriptures and praying for those over us in authority and these sorts of things, and then it's on them. I'm more concerned at 61 what's on me and just being faithful and being fruitful and passing it on to this congregation and the next generation. And those of you that have adult children and grandchildren, you all know what I know. You look at the grandchildren, you think, I've got maybe 15 to 20 years to really pour into them and give them a great legacy. And I want to make sure, when I'm in eternity, I do not want Clementine, Wilkie, and Remy, and Zippy, and Velzy, and and Bon Bon, and any other kids coming, because there's more coming. I don't want them to think like, you know, Papa Joe, is he's kind of grumpy. He's the grumpy grandpa. I do not want to be the grumpy grandpa. Like, I'm reverse engineering 80, and I figured 80 will be when Clementine's wedding. So I'm going to be the 80 that dances at the wedding. Like, what? You know? Uh, but someone recently said to Jennifer, like, oh, you know, Joey just seems like he's not angry. Or these things used to make him so upset. She's like, isn't it great they don't? I, I don't want to be the angry grandpa, and nor do you. I, I want to be the grandpa that inspires, inspires faith and love. Empathy, compassion, based upon truth and the person and the work of Jesus Christ. I'm going to tell my grandkids about Jesus, but more importantly, I'm going to show them Jesus. 
I'm going to show them Jesus like in The Chosen, if you know the TV show. I'm going to show them Jesus who loves everybody and by the grace of God is able to forgive everybody. That's what I, that's how I'm going to win my grandparents, my grandchildren. I'm going to win my grandchildren to walk with the Lord in the year 2041, 2051, 2061 of the Lord turns. I'm going to win them, not by raging against things I have no control over or always being angry or preoccupied. I'm going to win them by valuing my time with them, the call of God on their life, and showing them Jesus the one we see in the Gospels. And now I'm going to step into eternity and tell them, here's the baton. Go get it. Everything you got. And I'll see you in glory. That's how I see it going. Amen? You've been listening to the Worship Generation Radio Ministry with Pastor Joey Baran. If you would like more information about the ministry of Worship Generation, visit us online at www.worshipgeneration.com, where you can listen to the podcast of today's entire message. You can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and our church YouTube channel. Worship Generation is located at 10350 Ellis Avenue in Fountain Valley, California. Our service times are Saturday evenings at 6 p.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. For more information about Pastor Joey personally, you can follow him on his Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Thanks for listening, and God bless.